0: to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today, and now on with the show. Welcome to Thoughtful Thursdays on the Plan B-C-R-N-A podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones. Before we get started, I've got to share a quick story. I just had to go change my shirt because apparently seafoam green doesn't really work all that well in front of green screen. I thought that it was going to work. I really like this shirt, but it started disappearing right away. And what do you do with that? You know, Uh, you guys wouldn't actually believe how many shirts I have that are in different shades of green that I can't actually wear for the show. Uh, Either I've got to branch out into some different colors or I just have to start doing a little more laundry uh, more often. Um, But with all that said, as always, I, I like to start these podcasts off with a quote that gets me thinking. Rollo May, an existential psychologist, once said, communication leads to community, that is to understanding, intimacy, and mutual valuing. In researching this episode, I discovered that there are a ton of ways to define the word community. Let's examine the actual word. The root and suffix of the word common and unity dictates that the subsequent population is united by a common thread. The definitions of community center on two distinct interpretations. Number one, a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. And number two, the condition of sharing or having certain attitudes and interests in common. The first definition focuses on the physical attributes of community. In essence, this refers to the people that you live and work around. Your neighbors, city, and state all play a role in this definition. My experience living in the Clearwater, Tampa Bay area was very different from the experience of living in the rural town of Green Lake, Wisconsin. Go Lakers! Sure, people are people, but your surroundings affect the way that you see the world. This sense of community often centers on living in similar conditions or working in the same industry. The second definition takes it to another level. When you share attitudes with others, that can be a powerful and motivating factor. This interpretation takes it beyond physical space into more of a mindset. It doesn't focus on the passive state of just being around other people. It's about the active motivations that people have when choosing to do the things that they do. Let's examine the other types of community that we encounter and what those various communities can do for our well being. First, let's take the work community. As CRNAs, we've all worked in different types of situations. Some are great and some just aren't. Uh, some have many people and some have just a few. Personally, I started my anesthesia career in a large group where I floated around to six different locations. I justified that I liked that because I didn't stay in one place long enough to get on someone's nerves. In hindsight, that distancing mindset prevented me from creating real relationships with the folks that I worked alongside. It didn't really allow for opportunities of vulnerability around my colleagues, which kept me from developing those deeper relationships. Don't worry, though. Vulnerability is a whole other episode you can look forward to. At the end of the day, we're all trying to put ourselves in situations where our work environment is supportive or at least unobtrusive. Let's take a look at ethnic communities. Right now, it's easy to look at white Americans versus other ethnicities such as blacks, Latinos, Asians, Native Americans, and other such communities. These ties can be very strong, and they can hold a sway over us for the majority of our existence. And I would argue that this isn't without reason. Throughout history, folks have been categorized by the color of their skin or heritage, with many raised as with oppression as the norm. Uh, others have used their ethnicity to gain many advantages in life. There's simply no easy way to talk about this subject without offending someone somewhere, and I don't wish to avoid that, but I'd like to keep this one to individual conversations rather than broad comments on a show. Uh, I'll just leave it at this. Many folks have been screwed in America, and individual ethnicities have had a large part in that. That leads me into the next one. Uh, In America, we often think we're in the land of the free and home of the brave, and and we still are in so many different ways. But we've developed a caste system in the U.S., and most of the surrounding globe recognizes it. We might want to actually listen to our more worldly brethren when they bring it up. Communities of class are a real issue in America, whether we want to recognize it or not. I wouldn't call it class warfare yet, but that's only because most Americans still believe that we live in a meritocracy. Simply put, a meritocracy is a place where you thrive and gain power based solely on your ability. And while that's true for many, Yale Law School's Daniel Markovitz argues in his book, The Meritocracy Trap, that the practice of meritocracy actually increases inequality and degrades the middle class. This problem is twofold. Middle class families can't afford the increasing cost of schooling that the elite can. Hello, student loan crisis. The meritocratic elites, in contrast to the previous aristocratic class, must work long hours in law, business, medicine, or consulting in order to maintain their status. Meanwhile, the lower class serves our food, cares for our sick, cleans up after us, does so with minimal benefits or complaints. Even though nine out of 10 of the fastest growing occupations are considered low wage, those folks don't get the respect or the actual living wage that they deserve, but we're led to believe that their work is much less valuable than that of other folks, despite long hours and hard conditions. The prevailing thought of a meritocracy is that good behavior produces success and bad behavior produces consequences. Let's be honest, though. That's a load of horseshoe. OK, that part keeps autocorrecting from horse shit. three times now. The evidence actually suggests that there's a correlation between wealth and unethical behavior, a lack of empathy for others and unproductiveness. No, this certainly isn't the case all or most of the time, as most CRNAs can attest to, but the incidence is shockingly high. Don't worry, I'll link to that article in the show notes so that you can actually make your own determinations, though. All right, let's move on to age-based communities. We will often group ourselves according to our ages, and while we may remain divided along political lines, we do often remain segregated in different age groups. Growing up with CCR, Fleetwood Mac, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinner is different from growing up with the Foo Fighters, STP, Green Day, and Rage Against the Machine. Well, duh. I mean, COVID-19 may very well be remembered as the disease that actually divided us. Uh, no, I'm not that creative. I'll post that link in the show notes, too. If we're being honest, there's a tension among the generations, and that's nothing new since the depression generation argued with the hashtag greatest generation who then took it up with the boomers. Now we have boomers, Gen Xers, Xennials, Millennials, the Zoomers, and beyond. We're living in a society where we have people living longer and experiencing very different lifestyles along the way. Yes, younger folks hold more sway than we have in the past. And I say that we jokingly as I stroke my white goatee. But that doesn't mean that change comes quickly or that we should respect our elders any less. Online community has been easier to find in the advent of social media. You can find a Facebook group or a subreddit for nearly anything. People develop an online presence and share that with other folks. Unfortunately, this type of community is a poor substitute for real human interaction. Multiple studies have shown that social media sparks higher levels of anxiety and depression amongst users. Higher tensions lead to more outbursts and angry responses. People who work tirelessly to impress members of their social media community ultimately burn out because they aren't working to positively reinforce themselves. This can result in less mental stability among those who depend on social media for affirmation and belonging. I want to take this moment to recognize that communities can be dangerous. We can eventually forget about the world outside of our communities, so much so that we begin to regard other communities with subtle prejudices. So last but not least, there is spiritual community. This is a community that supports you by creating a special place where your own pathway to a higher power is valued. This is far too complex to get into properly in this podcast, but suffice it to say that you're surrounded by people who value support and nurture you in your commitment to exploring and developing your own personal pathway to understanding your way in this world. So much of the definition of community can be brought back to the simple concept of belonging. I want to end on a quote from Shirley Switling Tang, Assistant Professor of Asian American Studies and American Studies at UMass. So why is community important? Because community saves us from the isolation and alienation that we fear. Because in the real world, people have no choice. Because community is about finding each other in a place we can call home but we are also compelled to build community not only because we are survivors in an existing world order, but because we bring differences to a society that erases our differences. By dealing with our differences, we confront the question of the social and economic foundations of our society. By building community, we put some order in the fragmented world. The desire to be part of a community can be a powerful motivator. When I was in school, I became enamored with the broader anesthesia community. I wanted to feel that sense of belonging so badly, and I sought out opportunities to do so early in my career. I thought that it would save me from the isolation and alienation that I've often felt throughout my life. What I learned was that I was pursuing the right thing, but in the wrong way. And it's funny how life has a way of teaching those lessons, no matter how badly you try to avoid them. I've actually been shocked at the difficulty in obtaining decent data on the importance of community. This seems like a basic research area for sociologists, but I have not found that material to be accessible by the broader public. If there's a ton of research, it should be out there for the public. If not, then we should be probably looking into this. Either way, I'm seeing red flags as an amateur Google researcher here. So. Uh, As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Plan B CRNA podcast. Make sure you check out our show notes for helpful links mentioned in the episode. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss anything. I also want to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming podcast, make sure you rate and review on your podcast player. I check those all the time and cover those episodes in later shows. I hope you'll join us next time. This is Bobby Jones signing off. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They're dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page, where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.